This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Strangers and Aliens, episode 295, Advent Week 3, Joy. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend's plumber. Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did so why is he was that he created something. So we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello and welcome to this special Strangers and Aliens event series. Uh, Every year for the Christmas season here at Strangers and Aliens, we try and do something fun and maybe unusual. Um, These Christmas special episodes are some of my favorite episodes for the podcast. And this year, as I was considering uh, creating a weekly audio advent for my church's podcast uh, for kids and families, I thought it'd be fun to do something similar for, for Strangers and Aliens. And so this is a series of mini episodes to go along with the Advent season. Each week, we're putting out an episode reflecting on one of the traditional meanings of different Advent candles that you would light on the different Sundays leading up to Christmas, along with uh, a fifth, which will be released on Christmas Eve. And you can find all of these all together in one place by going to strangersandaliens.com slash advent. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, one of the hosts of the Strangers and Aliens podcast. It's a podcast about science fiction, fantasy, Christianity, and spirituality. And so for this series, as we look at the themes from the candles of Advent, we're also going to use examples from... Star Wars that allows us to imagine and explore the meanings of the words. Again, no candles, but we got words, plenty of words. So we've talked about hope and we've talked about faith. And as I've looked at the progression of these words for these Advent candles, I find it to be very, very interesting. Um, Hope is a feeling of desire for something that's coming. And when our hope is in Christ, it is never disappointed. Uh, faith then is, for me, it's, it's hope in action. Uh, if to have hope is to have a feeling of expectation, which expectation is a noun, to have faith is to expect something, expecting being a verb, and then to act on that expectation. Uh, and that brings us to joy. In this progression, we have hope, the feeling of expectation, and we have faith, which is acting with expectation, and then there's joy, which is our reaction to the things we had faith in, the thing we had faith in, God. Now, joy is something that, honestly, I don't think too much about. Uh, Many people who know me, (laughs) they know that I tend to be a little bit of an Eeyore, 
I'm not a pessimist. I'm just a realist who is preparing for the worst and then appreciates it when the worst doesn't happen. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't think I'm alone in that I should think about joy more. Uh, joy is one of the fruits of the spirit. Uh, and these are traits that followers of Christ should have on display in our lives. There's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And we see a lot of talk about love and we see a lot of talk about kindness and we see a lot of talk about goodness. And these, these are very visible traits that are actually, I think maybe we talk about them so much because they're easy to fake and they're also easy to judge other people about. Joy gets talked about, but mostly at Christmas time. And now I, I, with that said, I can't really figure out how to best teach joy even. Uh, I can teach kindness fairly easily because there's a certain set of behaviors that are kind, and there's another set of behaviors that are not kind. So you do these, you don't do those. Patience is another one we can talk about and we can teach because it involves how we act and react to things. Joy is more internal. And there's there's a general joy that you would talk about that's more like happiness. And general joy is a momentary reaction to temporary situations. And, uh, you know, this great thing happened. And so, oh, joy. Um you know, my, an example of that is my grandpa Remus. He told me a story years and years and years ago when he was alive that has always struck me about a moment of, of joy that he witnessed. He was visiting my cousins who had just gotten an Atari 2600. You remember those? Maybe you don't. It was awesome. And when he got out of the car to visit their, the family there, my cousin bounced out of the house and she was jumping up and down and shouting, we got an Atari, we got an Atari. And it was a joyous moment for her, but it was just a moment. So yes, I would classify that as joy because yes, by definition, it was indeed a moment that was more than just being happy, but it's not the joy that we're talking about here. It's not the joy, uh, for, for lack of a better term, I'm, I'm going to call this kind of joy, Christian joy. Um, so as I continue talking about joy from here on out, I'm not just talking about uh, intense happiness. I'm talking about Christian joy. I'm talking about something deeper, something more than just a good feeling or a good mood, but something that means a lot more. It's a lot deeper. It's one of those things that I really wish there was more words in English to use to express the different shades of joy, you know, like snow with, uh, with Eskimos. So when I think of joy... Um, I think of one of the things that Star Wars does as a movie franchise that other movies don't tend to do. Um, it started with the first Star Wars movie, the Death Star. It's destroyed. The war is not over. But in the midst of that, there's a time of celebration. The music swells and everyone gets their medal except Chewbacca and the other surviving pilots who helped destroy the Death Star. Uh, but let's not focus on the awards. Let's focus on the ceremony, okay? Um, as a kid, it was the coolest thing. I mean, everyone's, they all survive. They have the happy reunions. They hug, they laugh, they smile. And, and then they have everyone gather together to celebrate that victory. Even as the war will continue, they're celebrating that moment. And it also happens in episode one. Uh, now, some people might call portions of episode one just rehashes of the original trilogy. Some people being, you know, me. Um, yet another space battle results in a big explosion that, that marks the end of a battle with yet another celebration. The music here, though. It's called Augie's Great Municipal Band. Uh, that's the track name. It's even more joyful. And say what you will about the Gungans, but they know how to throw 
a joyful parade. And then there's the Ewoks in Return of the Jedi. Uh, this time, the war really is over, more or less, until the next episode, you know, decades later. And once more, they take the time to celebrate. They dance, and they party, and they celebrate, and they have their happy little Ewok music, and it gets taken out of the special editions, but we lose the music. But in the special edition, yeah, it's less joyful music, but it's a much broader celebration. And you could say, yes, it's just a temporary reaction to a single moment. It's not true joy, not that long-term fruit of the spirit, Christian joy that I'm talking about. But I always loved that Star Wars movies gave us time to celebrate. And they took the time to celebrate. And in many ways, Christmas is the same kind of thing. It marks out time in the middle of everything that's going on at the end of our year, in the middle of our winter to celebrate and to contemplate. And what other time of year is joy in the front of your mind? For me, joy is in the front of my mind when it's Christmas time and when I'm reading about or teaching about the fruit of the spirit from Galatians. That's, that's it. So let's take a moment to, to dig in deeper and to look at why this time of year we are thinking more about joy. Uh, it's right there in, in the angel's message to the shepherds. Um, uh, the message just goes, don't be afraid, the angel said, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. Now, the appearance to the shepherds is something that I find really, really interesting, especially as I research into that period of history for teaching and for comic books. And as I look into that area during that time, what I found actually tends to point to two different but equally interesting directions about the shepherds. So one of those sides that I might see when I'm researching is, is that the shepherds were important to culture. They were a part of a long line of revered shepherds in Jewish history from Abraham to David, for example. And, and then the future, so that's the past, but the future idea being that Jesus would be compared to and described as a shepherd. The other interesting side, it's completely opposite, is that the men out of those fields were tending the flocks of sheep, which, you know, sheep were an important part of G Jewish life because they were used in temple sacrifices. But these men who tended the animals that were used in such important rituals were unable to take part in the religious ceremonies. The animals were used as sacrifices and ceremonies that they couldn't be a part of because their social status was low, yes. But more than that, their job required to be in and around things that made them unclean. Things like dead animals and blood and insects and poop. Uh, the contrast really engages me that the shepherds who are unable to enter into the house of the Lord, where the sheep that they tended would be offered for sacrifice, but they were visited by angels whose existence consisted of singing the Lord's praise in the Lord's presence. So either way, the angels proclaimed this message of joy to them and they ran to go and look. They ran to go and look. They'd been hoping for a Messiah. And the angel gave them a message and they had faith that it was true. And then they ran to find out. And when they saw the truth of it, they ran in joy and told everyone. But the angel's message was not a temporary one of momentary happiness. Hey, a baby's born. Yay, happiness. No, it was a message of joy for all people 
and beyond that day for all time. Now, having joy doesn't mean you're happy all the time. It doesn't mean you're smiling all the time. No, no, no. But it does mean in those times of sadness that we have, we can have joy because we know God is the great comforter and he is there with us when we are sad. And having joy means remembering during those times when we are afraid, we feel fear, fear of losing something dear to us. God is right there by our side. Those things causing us to feel fear, whether it's related to health or finances or emotional pain, these things are really small next to him. Having joy means during those times when we are alone and lonely, we can remember that one of Jesus's names is Emmanuel. God with us. Having joy means choosing to celebrate what he has done, even as we wonder, what in the world is he doing? Having joy means remembering that the proclamation of the angels, or the angel, I should say, a savior has been born, who is the Messiah, the Lord, is a message of good news, of great joy that will be for all people. That's you, that's me. Full disclosure, I'm preaching to myself right now. You know, I, I'm a writer who has spent literally years living inside Bible stories to make comic books about God's word. I'm a children's pastor, past, a children's pastor passing on the stories of God to show kids what Christ has done. I've been a Christian since I can remember. And I can't remember that moment when I chose to follow Jesus. It's just been a part of my life all my life. Recently, over the past year or so, joy has not been a part of my life. I've allowed myself to sink inward, and I've allowed myself to allow outside things to push me even further inward. And so these things I'm talking about are things that I've had to confront within my own life and confront recently, and it's not something I can say has been conquered yet. Uh, often when I teach a lesson, though, for my Sunday school kids, I find the timing oddly coincidental because what I'm teaching is something I realize I may already know, but it's something I also need to learn. And that's this series here. I find myself as I'm preparing this uh, originally as something that might be you know, encouraging to you, the listener or the viewer, uh, realizing that God's using my study for this to speak into my life and point out things that I need to be focusing on. So yeah, a savior has been born who is the Messiah, the Lord. It's a message of good news, of great joy that will be for all people. Let me say it again. That's you. That's me. Don't lose that. It's not just a Christmas thing. My cousin's Atari, well, as excited as uh, I was about it because I got to play it when I visited them. Uh, but here's the thing. When I visited them, she wasn't bouncing up and down with excitement because they had that machine in their den. It was just an everyday part of the house. And eventually it was either put into storage like mine, which is just in the other room uh, in a box where it has not been touched for, for years. Or that Atari is now sitting in the landfill after being thrown away. And there's fond memories, but there's no longer any joy. I'm afraid that happens sometimes with God's joy. We have fond memories of being told about joy and excitement around Christmas or, or whatever. But it's just moments of happiness, not joy. 
I believe that joy is not something that we can wait or should wait to happen for us. We shouldn't wait for circumstances to bring us happiness. Talking about joy here, we should actively enter into his joy, actively reflect on what he's done for us and what he's doing for us. We need to be a Star Wars movie and take the time out to stop and celebrate and reflect on what Christ has done for us and is doing in us. And let it linger. On that night, so many years ago, the highest of the high announced him, announced Jesus to the lowest of the low because the coming of Christ, Christ's advent, was a message of great joy for all people. And when I say don't let that go, when I say it needs to linger, when I say be a Star Wars movie, <laughs> I mean we need to stop and you know the war might be going on. It might continue to go on within us or around us. But we need to focus in and remember those things he's done for us and he's promised to do for us and he continues to do for us. He loves you. He's with you. And when we have that, we can have hope. And when we have him in our life, we can have faith that he's gonna take care of us and he knows what's going on. He knows he knows what's happening within us. He knows what we're dealing with and he loves us. And that's where the joy comes from. It doesn't come from being happy all the time. It comes from actively remembering who he is and what he's done. And that Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. I want to thank you so much for listening. Again, you can find the rest of the series at strangersandaliens.com slash advent. But for now, I just want to say again, thank you so much. And I hope this has been some form of encouraging word for you. And until next time, Godspeed. Well, Merry Christmas and Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David, Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason Neal. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter where we are at strangeandalien or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 1-804-378. And once again, thanks for listening. I'm not a pessimist. I'm just a realist who is preparing for the worst and then appreciates it when the worst doesn't happen.